morning. It's good to see so many people here today and good to have so many guests and visitors. We're glad that you're here to join us this morning. Uh, when I proposed to my wife 33 years ago this August, I had no idea where life was going to take us. I had no idea where the next six months were even going to lead, which is probably why we had a two-year engagement. Um, and um, I had no idea what my wife was going to become in the 33 years that we've been together. Um, thankfully, she had no idea who I was going to become either. <laughs> I'm not sure she would have said yes. All I knew at the time was what I liked about her. Right? I knew that I loved her smile. I knew uh, how I loved how easily she would laugh, her kindness, her thoughtfulness. I liked the way she made me feel. Um, again, no idea of the woman I'd come to know. Based on what I did know about her, I wanted to find out. And I believed that my best life was going to be found with her. So I opened that door with one of the lamest proposals of all proposals. And she said yes. It still surprises me today. My story of um, that engagement and my story of, of Jesus coming to faith in Jesus isn't a whole lot different. I had no idea where a relationship with Jesus would lead me. And if you told me when I was 15 years old that I would be here helping to lead a church, I would have said, you're crazy, no thank you. My friends would have said the same thing. What I knew about Jesus at the time I, I came to faith was that he was born at Christmas and, uh, and that he died a few months later at Easter and was brought back to life. And something about that meant that I could go to heaven instead of going to hell, which is where I had been told I was going by a church leader when I was 11 or 12. That's a lot. And that was the gospel that was shared with me. Later on, I was told that Jesus wanted to have a personal relationship with me. And I thought, that's intriguing. I don't know how that happens, but I'd like to find out. I didn't know whether it was good news or bad news just yet. But I thought my best chance of ending up in heaven and not in hell would be found in Jesus. So I opened that door. And I remember praying in my bed one night, and it was like this amazing experience, this huge transformative change didn't happen. <laughs> and I was pretty sure I must have done it wrong. I think I'd heard some stories of dramatic change when people asked Jesus to be, come into their heart and be their Lord and Savior. And so when nothing happened and nothing seemed to change, it brought up a lot of questions. I don't know what gospel you've heard about Jesus or what experiences, good or bad, you've had with your own faith or the faith of others, but I'm guessing there's people in this room, people watching online, who are maybe like me, who maybe had some questions or maybe some doubts or some really strong feelings there may be others in the room who think it's all just kind of made up. I think any of this can be true of people who have been following Jesus for a long time or people who don't believe in God at all. And I want you to know wherever you are this morning in all of that, I'm really glad that you're here. And I hope that you'll bring all of your questions and all of your doubts and all of your unbelief and feelings and all of your convictions as we head through this series about what the good news of Jesus really is. I don't think there's anybody better equipped to share this good news with us than a man named Simon Peter. Um, 
he went by Peter uh, after Jesus renamed him, and he'd spent three years of his life following Jesus around. He listened to his teachings. He observed him in public. He ate with him in private and hung out with him. And years after Jesus died, Peter sat down with his friend, John Mark, and he started sharing some of the stories with John Mark. Now, Peter couldn't write because he probably wasn't educated, and, and yet John Mark could. And so Peter's like sharing all of these stories, and he's saying, this isn't stuff that I learned in a podcast. This isn't stuff I read in a book. This is like what I actually lived when I followed Jesus around. And Mark starts writing them down, all these stories. And he's not like trying to write a book. He's not trying to write the Bible. He's just writing things down as fast as he can, this firsthand account from Peter's life. And we might read some of this stuff and we think, did that, did that really happen? And Peter says, listen, you don't have to believe it. He goes, I'm just telling you what I saw, what I heard, and what I experienced. And this collection of stories turned into what we know as the Gospel of Mark, one of four Gospels we find in the New Testament. The word gospel, in its simplest form, simply means good news or a good message about something. And so this is the way the book of Mark opens up. It says, this is the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. Peter says, I've got some good news to share with you, and it's good news about Jesus. And here it is. I'm going to start at the end with what I discovered after spending three years of my life with him. The one conclusion I've come to about Jesus, the good news is that Jesus is the Son of God. He is the Messiah. He is the one that God promised to send to us to help us overcome all of the forces working against us in this world. Peter will go on to tell John Mark how he came to this incredible conclusion. And one of the things he'll say is, listen, I was there. I saw people insult Jesus. I saw them beat him. I saw them nail him to the cross. And Jesus didn't try to fight back. In fact, he didn't even issue one single threat. I, Peter said, I, I tried to fight back and Jesus stopped me. He said, just wait. Trust me. Trust my father. And he said, I saw Jesus give his life over into God's hands. I saw him die on that cross. Then you know what else I saw? I saw the empty tomb three days later. And I actually saw Jesus walking around alive after that crucifixion. Listen, Jesus opened a door to new life with God through his resurrection, and people need to know this. In this generation and the next, write this down, Mark, there is life after death. That's really good news. The good news is that Jesus, God's son, came near, and he opened the door to that life. He says, my eyes were opened to who Jesus is, not because of what I heard from others, but because of what I've seen and what I experienced. And when you know Jesus, you know God, and you come to know eternal life. That's huge. 
I was talking to a friend the other day about a young woman that she's been counseling. It's actually a high school student down in Georgia uh, who's been wrestling with symptoms of depression. And so she's been looking into spirituality as a way to kind of find some purpose and some happiness in her life. And she told my friend Kyra, I looked into Christianity, but I can't imagine being a Christian. It doesn't make any sense. Most of the Christians I know at my school, other places, do all the same things non-Christians do, even though they say that Jesus asks us not to do some of these things. She said, it's like they all have their own God. I don't get it. And I know I need to do my own research. But she said, the other thing is, the way people talk about Christianity, it comes off bad. All you hear about is what you can't do. No one hears about the benefits of Christianity. I think we're living in a time when there seem to be multiple versions of Christianity and of of the gospel. How many of them are good news? And who are they good news for? Peter says, listen, if your version of Christianity doesn't seem to be good news, will you give me a couple more minutes to tell you about mine? Because I learned all about it from Jesus himself. In fact, he says Jesus, Jesus taught about this all the time. He told Mark that after John was arrested, Jesus went into Galilee where he preached God's good news. What was the good news? Jesus taught the time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Again, this is right near the beginning of Jesus' ministry. And Jesus says something that is shocking. Right from the start, he began teaching the good news that the kingdom of God has come near. That was long before Jesus died. It's long before he was raised back to life. So the good news of Jesus being God's son has more to do than Jesus died so that I can go to heaven when I die. There's something more. Jesus is saying there's something happening right now, right here. His good news is meant to impact our lives today. And Mark's a little bit short on details, probably because Peter was talking so fast and telling him all these stories and jumping from one story to the next. There's not a lot of detail there. But if you look at Luke, another author of one of the Gospels, Luke adds some details to what Jesus was teaching about why the good news of God's kingdom was such good news. And he says that one day Jesus actually walked into a temple and he grabbed out a scroll and he started reading these words. He said, the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of God is upon me for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, the oppressed will be set free, and the time of the Lord's favor has come. That's a lot of good news in just a few sentences. And then it says Jesus rolled that scroll back up, put it away, and he says, today God is near. And all of this is being fulfilled. 
And when you go back and you listen to what Peter has to say, Peter says it's true. He said, I saw all of these things happening as I followed Jesus around. Jesus freed people who were held captive by physical and mental and spiritual and emotional challenges. I saw him stand up for and defend people who were being bullied and condemned for the mistakes they made or for their sin. He healed blind people. He opened my eyes to see that he actually has brought the free and extravagant good favor of God's kingdom to us. And he's inviting us to participate in it right now. That whole kingdom language isn't something I really get. I don't know how many people watched the coronation yesterday. Right, we get this sense of all this hoopla going on, right? Kind of a figure kind of a thing. People in Peter's day knew something different about kingdoms. They understood the absolute authority of kings. And Peter tells Mark that he and others recognized that Jesus came with an authority. He came with God's authority. They saw it in the way he taught. They saw it in the miracles he performed. They experienced it themselves in the compassion and the strength and the love that Jesus shared wherever he went. And it was a radical departure from the kingdoms of this world. He basically reversed everything about the kings and the kingdoms that were happening in that day. For one thing, it was a kingdom with open borders. Jesus said things like, listen, I am the gate. And anybody who, who enters through me Anyone can enter through me. I am the portal between your world and between the kingdom of God. Everyone is welcome to experience life to the full. Because where I am, God's kingdom is. Listen, you don't have to know how everything works. You don't have to know all the answers about God in order to follow me into that kingdom, Jesus says. It's so important to remember that wherever you are, wherever you go, you can trust Jesus and the door to God's kingdom will be open to you. You might not notice changes in your life right away. You might not feel anything different. Things may even get harder for you. But when you follow Jesus, you find the doorway to God's compassion and his truth and his wisdom and his power and his unconditional, relentless love. That is such good news. If we'll follow Jesus, we'll also find that God's kingdom is so much bigger and so much closer than we ever knew. This is what the religious leaders in Peter's day often struggled with. I think it's what some of the religious people today struggle with because they put God in a box and they put God in a box where there's rules or there's certain behaviors and all of these things. And yet God's way too big to be put in a box. He's way bigger than a set of rules. God doesn't have divisions of people that he favors, right? There's no favorites in his kingdom. It's not the kingdom of Jews. It's not the kingdom of Jesus' followers. It's the kingdom of God. It's so much bigger 
than any hope that we could have in the kingdom of the United States. And it's so much bigger and better than the kingdom of correct beliefs or political views. Thank God. Because those kingdoms are so divided by disagreements about right and wrong, personal opinions about what God wants and doesn't want, culture wars. It's awful hard to find the good news in those kingdoms. It's confusing. It's like my friend Kyra's friend says, everyone seems to have their own God. I don't think I want to be part of that. But in God's kingdom, there's no need to fight over or defend our beliefs or our positions. In another stunning reversal of worldly, kingdom, worldly kingdoms, Jesus, instead of asking us to die on a hill for him, he laid down his life and defeated sin and death. He won that victory for us. It's finished. So we can stop fighting Jesus is on the throne. We don't have to win anything. We don't have to prove anything to anyone about ourselves, about Jesus, about God. This is such good news because it frees us up to stop worrying about what others think about us or to trying to get everybody to agree with us. We can just love God and love others, even our enemies. And we can trust Jesus to work out the rest. King Jesus was so sure of this, he felt absolutely free to hang out with sinners who were far from God. Even serve them. He even washed their feet. No one was so unclean that Jesus wasn't eager to come near to them. Not even those who stood against them. Everyone is welcome to enter. Jesus said, here's how you do it. The kingdom has come. The time is now. All you have to do is repent and believe the good news. Repent and believe. How many of you hear that and think, ah, there's the catch? Right? I have to turn away from sin. I have to get myself all cleaned up. I have to get myself looking good before God will come near or before I can enter into God's favor and blessing. And certainly repent can mean I need to turn from sin. But I think Jesus is saying something much different than that. When Jesus says repent and believe, I think he's saying, listen, I want you to open your mind. I want you to change your way of thinking about God and about life. Consider a new worldview, a different direction for your life. Because if you can't open your mind and your heart to a new way, you just might miss what God is doing and the good news he's trying to bring to you. In fact, bring your curiosity. Bring your questions, your disappointment in religion. Bring your desire for something better. Come follow me and let me open your mind to this new kingdom that's being established here and now. I don't want you to miss out. And Peter says, yeah, that's exactly what happened to me. One day I was out fishing with my brother Andrew and Jesus walked up and he said, 
listen, come and follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And we really didn't know what that meant. (laughs) We just knew that Jesus was a rabbi, and he was a great teacher. And so we left our nets at once, and we started following him. And we had no idea that we were going to come to find out that Jesus was the Son of God. That's my story as well. I told you how I prayed in bed one night and, and nothing dramatic happened or changed. I'd opened my mind, I'd taken this step, and it was like crickets chirping. But then my relationship with some of my youth leaders in young life started to change. They invited me to start reading the Bible with them and with some friends. And my relationships with those friends started to change. We started learning more about Jesus together. And we had some amazing, incredible experiences at camps and in groups together where we laughed and we fought a little. We played and we cried and we grew these deep connections with each other and with Jesus. And later in college, I went back and I started serving at some of these camps and I was following Jesus and making new friends and I was having new experiences serving and learning and growing and being filled with a sense of life and purpose that I couldn't really explain to anyone. But I know now it was a taste of God's goodness. I got a taste of God's love and his life. And I wanted more. It wasn't some ambiguous kind of love. It was love in action. It was love that was patient, and it was kind, and it was slow to anger, and it was forgiving, and it was other-centered. And the only thing I can really compare it to today is the kind of love that I've experienced from my wife, Cindy, a love that inspires me and shapes me to become a better version of myself when I let it. Listen, the good news is that Jesus invites all of us to follow him into God's kingdom. You can be skeptical. You can bring your struggles, your imperfections, your doubts, your questions. You don't have to believe everything in the Bible. Did I just say that? You don't have to. You can disagree with other Christians. Jesus Jesus isn't inviting us into a system of beliefs. He's not calling us to understand everything or master a bunch of rules. He's inviting us to experience something. God's love is the ultimate priority and experience in God's kingdom. And he's inviting us to follow him to an experience of that love. Okay, I need to wrap this up. (laughs) I feel like I've been kind of bouncing around a little bit, maybe not super organized. It's kind of like the gospel of Mark as Peter's bouncing around from story to story. It's kind of what Jesus, following Jesus, looks like, I think. But let me summarize a couple of things for you that Peter reveals about the good news. The good news is about Jesus. He is the Son of God. We can know what God is like by looking at Jesus. And Jesus has absolute authority over everything. He's the king. Second point, 
When you start to follow Jesus, you might feel nothing at first. It may feel like you didn't do it right, but keep going. Turn and open your mind and be curious and keep following Jesus. Third point, God's kingdom and love are nearer than you think and much bigger than you think. It's radically different than other kingdoms. Fourth point, Jesus is the doorway into God's kingdom. He's inviting you, come to him and he will open the door to his kingdom. Fifth, God will bring his good news into your life in ways that surprise you. Love is his ultimate priority in experience. And his love will surprise you. It's not ambiguous. It's a whole different kind of love. It's not just a feeling. It's actually a love and action. Can I challenge you just a little bit this morning? If our version of Christianity or following Jesus isn't bringing good news to you or to others, maybe we're not actually following Jesus. I got out of the shower the other day and I could not believe what I heard coming through my little speaker in the shower, because I like to sing in the shower. It was 80s rocker Donnie Iris. And he was like summing up this message of Peter's gospel, I couldn't believe it. Go ahead, play the play, it, guys. You can't depend on your preacher. You can't depend on your teacher. You can't depend on politicians. You can't depend on superstition. Love will rock you. Nobody? Nobody? You're not going to sing along with me? Listen, we can't just take Peter's word for this. You can't take my word for it. You can't depend on information from others or a list of rules. You have to follow Jesus and open your mind and your heart to experience him and the good news of God's kingdom. And if you will do that, God's love will rock you. Because we experience God's love when we love others well like Jesus. And that's when God's kingdom comes crashing in. Will you pray with me? God, I believe with my whole heart that Jesus came with this good news for us that you are inviting us into an experience of your love in your life in ways that will blow us away. Lord, um, we're all in different places in this room and the people online, and I don't know what the next step is for some people. For some, it might be to just say, you know what, I need to pick up that book, and I need to read one of those Gospels. Maybe I need to read the Gospel of Mark. Maybe I need to find a friend to read that with together to learn what Jesus was like and to get a picture of what you're like, God. Maybe I've walked away from Jesus and I feel far away, and maybe I just need to turn and realize that you're closer and you're bigger than I ever even imagined. You may need to find some others who are following you and, and let them lead me as well. God, maybe I've, been, I've tasted your goodness, but I haven't been loving others so well. Maybe I need 
to let you strengthen me and to get some rest so that I can go out and love people just the way Jesus loved us. Lord, help us to know what our next step is so that we can follow you and experience the good news and share it with others. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.